da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. For the second time in as many months here on Mad About Movies, we're returning to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh yeah. They always keep the conversation going, and we are here to keep the conversation going as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm contractually obligated to sing the Entourage theme whenever Every you say Every time that. we say oh yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. You are. Yeah. It's like a drop. An audio drop. I shouldn't have signed that contract four years ago when the movie came out, but <laughs> yeah, when, when you can get unlimited lids gift cards, you <laughs> I was sign say, immediately. Yeah. yeah, and a lifetime supply of Axe body spray. Mm, yeah, I mean that's perfect. That's worth it. It's worth it. It's like you basically get twenty percent off lids now, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who yeah, it wasn't this? dollars; it was yeah. points on the lids card. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, um, it's basically as good as airline miles, I think so. Well, uh, hello everyone out there. Uh, I'm Kent joined by Brian and Richard back for another episode of ma'am. Shout out to the ma'am fam. Shout out to the VIPs out there wearing their satin proudly and, Mm -hmm. um, shout out to our potential American treasures, which Mm. we will be revealing. Oh, it's been a while. It has been way too long for American Treasure Talk. What am I about to sing, guys? It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. <laughs> left you. Without a dope beat to step That's, to. That's uh, Aaliyah, to. I believe. That's one of the... Yeah, sure. Uh, that Aaliyah? sounds right. Timbaland? <laughs> R.I.P. Um, well, it's going to be good to talk ATs, of course. It's going to be good to talk Marvel, of course. Um, but, man... Feels like it's been a while since we've all three been here, and it's definitely been a while since all three of us have talked Star Wars. Mm. Yeah. So if you want to hit the mute button, Richard, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> See usually, you guys on the other side. <laughs> no, usually you're not here for this, but uh, I've I think been out of town. This- I've been here out of town, like uh, busy, and I have no idea what the news yeah. is. So you'll be yeah. breaking this news. To well, me, this so I'm is excited. this might be the most relevant Richard Barden Star Wars news ever. Or oh, uh, really is Brian? We've got a couple oh. notes here. I think we do, we do to go over. Yeah, so we let, let's. Uh, today we announced we we rec- we did not announce. Said should say we received the announcement uh, via the facts that we get from. Directly from Bad Robot HQs. We're very tied in with J.J. Abrams. But Billy D. Williams, the great Billy D. Williams, will be reprising his role as Lando Calrissian in Star Wars mm. Episode Nine. So that's incredible. Very excited about that. J.J. like wrote the facts in his weird handwriting. He's like, <laughs> yeah. attention ma'am, Billy D. Right. Williams will be reprising. Love, J.J. like... Yeah, we always have to get like a pharmacist to yeah. read his uh, his checks to us, but uh, it's very good. It's very good. Billy D, man, I'm excited. I, yeah. I love me some Billy D. I can't wait for them to should. make him look more like Donald Glover as old in Gotta a weird that way. Hairdo, <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Will, like the will I am hairdo. <laughs> yeah, man, cool man. I love Billy D. Billy D is yeah. one of the coolest people that's ever. I think we can all agree, coolest person to ever live, Ahmad Rashad. Billy D. Williams, maybe second. <laughs> he knows Cole think 45, of all the stuff man. he knows. Well, I love it. 
Uh, One of the best Chris Rock jokes. <laughs> Remember that? Billy <laughs> D. Williams. He must have had too much of that. Code 45. <laughs> Classic. Well, uh, this begs the, the question, is this a response to Donald Glover? Or is Donald Glover being in Solo because they were planning on having Billy D. Williams in this movie, so they wanted to plant the seed and test the waters? Or is this just, hey, everyone likes Lando, let's bring him back. And uh, they were planning on doing it for both of them anyway. What do you guys think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense. I'll go and say I think that this has been the plan all along, and now they have a way to, uh, or maybe they have a plan to incorporate him. And uh, I like that. I like that he's going to get, due to the fact that we are going to have almost none of the returning cast anymore, uh, like the, the old school cast, Billy D now gets a little bit more buzz. And I like that. He gets to be, uh, it's like him and Chewbacca and the droids. That's all we yeah, got it's left. They, so they, they, it's like, awesome. Yeah, the legacy cast literally does not exist anymore. So yeah, he's the exactly. only one left. So. Yeah. <laughs> Admiral Akbar and him, I think, is pretty much it. <laughs> we can. I think he's actually gone too, the guy who played him. But uh, yeah. that's uh, that's unfortunate. Didn't he di- did he not die in uh, Force Awakens? I don't know. Not f- Whatever last Jedi, last, last Jedi, Jedi. Did he I don't did know. die. I think he did Jedi. die. Admiral Akbar, yeah, yeah, he died. Sorry, dude. Oh, when, the, when the bridge blows up and yeah. Princess Leia does the space ghost thing, <laughs> yeah, he's there. Well, she survived. R. R. Do we need to stop? Do we didn't. need to stop the show? Do we need to? We didn't. We haven't done a funeral on the show for Admiral Akbar. I'm sure, there's been one done in some place somewhere. It's what five oh first? What did you guys? What did you guys think of my eulogies? <laughs> I know it's a little insensitive. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll admit, but I'm not well, going to repeat it on the air. He was a great guy, and this is a terrible day. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a great guy. There were a lot of kids there, but you know, great kids. prawn. Well, they left, yes, because of your f bombs. <laughs> Still so funny. To me. Yeah. <laughs> they left. <laughs> All right, so Billy D is joining the cast of uh, of Episode Nine, and this is what's really going to get Richard Jazzed. I'm I'm very excited I'm to break jazzed. the news to you here. I am. I have no idea what's because going on. No. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait, I do wait, know wait. this. Twitter. Yeah, you know it. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Darn. I think it was oh, easy. We, we should tease it a little better. <laughs> Let him guess who 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 it's going to be or his hmm. dream scenario would be. Yeah. George Wallace and Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> yeah. David Letterman is. <laughs> George Wallace in Star Wars would actually probably work. So it great. would, yeah. And, would. and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> he just still wears that beret that says, like, Las Vegas on it. Lando's brother <laughs> needs to happen in this. I love it. I love it. Yeah. American Treasure, the queen of us all, Carrie Russell, <laughs> has joined the cast of Star Wars Episode Nine. So let the speculation yeah. begin. Of course, the internet mm-hmm. immediately went to that's Ray's mother, and so now we're going to start that whole cycle all over Ooh. again. But uh, I'm just glad. I'm just glad to have the queen in uh, my favorite movie. You know, I'm very excited about this. Yeah, that is that's good. And, and we should take this moment to say, uh, while Carrie Russell is is deserving and and should be in every movie, uh, so should Matthew Reese. Just go ahead Absolutely. and put both of them in yes. all the movies. Yeah, yeah, Let's please. Matthew Reese would be great in Star Wars too. He would. Absolutely. He'd be a great rebel the pilot. Only, the only part of the post I like is just Matthew Reese in Vietnam. <laughs> All it goes down after that. Yeah, no, after I, that. I disagree vehemently. That I think that was the worst part actually of the post was the credence Vietnamese. Such a stuff. 
It is funny, and I'm not knocking him because I love the guy too. Not as much as you two, but I, he's great. Spielberg's so great. Music cues, not his strongest. No, <laughs> if he they has are, a though, because they work on 99.5% of the population. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, they're immediately in Vietnam when you crank the credence up. Like, he. He probably gets right. it. He, he, that's he totally like, you know. You're right. He's making like, him for a mass geez. audience. I get yeah. it. But it but works. That's the only time I really roll my eyes at Spielberg. I'm always like, ugh. <laughs> it's like if you're shooting a laser tag scene, he'd be like, all right, Daft Punk, all the way. Crank it. <laughs> He's full of those winks at the camera, man. Like, that's like his, his filmography is just full of winks at the camera like that. Of that's fair. Cliches. Um. But yeah, I'm excited about Carrie Russell, big time. Um, JJ just connection, in, just in general or for the movie? Because I'm both. I'm always excited both. about yeah. about yeah. her in general. <laughs> yeah, she's exclusive. her continued she's existence. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I approve of all things coming yeah, from I mean, that, that side of things. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, JJ has a connection with her, obviously, um, from the oh, that's true days. And yeah, I didn't think about that. Good call. Probably Ken. the Americans ended, and he was like, hey. I think I've been saving a role for her or may, it might have gauged her interest or something. But yeah, there's going to be a ton of speculation. There was speculation when Laura Dern was cast in The Last Jedi <sighs> about like, the familial connection or possibility of that. I think that'll always be something, but... Um, I'm still mad she had a positive turn at the end of that movie. That's the only, I mean, people hate The Last Jedi. I'm not as down on it as others. But that part, I really wanted to hate Laura Dern, and they had to make her <laughs> redeemable. She's one of the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy, apparently. <laughs> like, no joke is what they what her character was. I didn't. Cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I prefer so Barry yeah. Davis. Are they still dating? Do we have confirmation on that? Matthew Reese. Uh, no, Baron Davis and Laura Dern. Baron Davis. Was, yeah, yeah. Let me the, check my Tumblr and Baron Davis Tumblr. This was a real thing in like. Uh, January can't not get it. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, it was a big deal. That is amazing. That uh, is a I'm not seeing any updates. I don't know. I don't know. Nothing since January. So it's tough. I I wish the best to both of them. Obviously. <laughs> well, um, in terms of Carrie Russell joining this, um, if they stick to the guns as far as what Ryan Johnson did with the Last Jedi, I don't think. She's gonna have any kind of connection to Ray? Who knows? Yeah. But I hope not. I hope it's just uh, another character that we're introducing that has some kind of role either now or in the future. So we'll see. Yeah. But yeah. I approve of her uh, being in this being in this universe. I want to see her more in big movies. We saw her in the Planet of the Apes movies briefly. I think it was the Rise of the Dawn of the War or one of those. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, really good. Really good in these big blockbuster movies. I don't know why she isn't in more of them, but uh, but yeah, yeah, good to see her on the big screen always. Um, is that it Gonna for Star great. Wars news? I think so. Yeah, I don't have still don't else. have any more yeah. release dates, any confirmations on any kind of movies since Solo is kind of petered out of the box office. It's pretty much done, right? Yeah, didn't do well. Did not do no. well. Did not do well. I, I, there was that news that they were kind of reconsidering some of the uh, standalone projects or anthologies or whatever they call them. Um, and then they kind of said, no, 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 we're still doing that stuff. But it does seem like they are maybe not pulling the plug on some of these things, but going back to the drawing board on, okay, what do people actually want to see? Because the solo thing did not 
did not go well in spite of being what you know we we all thought it was at least a decent movie um but i think they're still moving ahead with the boba fett movie aren't they Dude, I haven't heard any updates on that since they didn't. I think they announced Mangold as the director, and that was the last thing that I've heard. And I, I believe that was pre-solo kind of tanking. And he's doing Mangold's doing uh, something else right now that I just saw, which is really interesting. Yes, I can't remember. Yes, yeah, so there was some way to find out. I know, right? We need an intern. That would be great. We just yell at him. It's been not a good. If I were Star Wars, I would do a complete PR reset if I could on like what is all happening right now. I think kind of hiring JJ was that to them, but backlash, this backlash from Kelly Marie Tran and all of that stuff. And then the stuff that came out recently with um, the guy that played Jar Jar and all of this. I mean, there's been a huge Twitter war happening with Ryan Johnson and Mangold and um, James Gunn. And it's the fans, fan, it's just a beating. And yeah, it's not a good, there's not, it's not very positive in Star Wars land, I would say right now. So they need, they need a real good kick uh, in a good way back yeah. in the right direction, I would say. Yeah, well, and we need, they need douchey fanboys to get their heads out of their butts. I mean, that's yeah. a huge, they gotta, I mean, get, they gotta get over themselves. Good God. And stop it's, trying to make. Yeah, Star Wars now, Star Wars what it was then for you. Yeah. You know, it's not going to ever be the trilogy anymore. So yeah. you got to kind of get over that yeah. aspect God, of being God offended forbid by we cast women and and POC. Like yeah. God forbid, you know, I'm just I'm so freaking sick of it. It's been ugh, it's been unbearable since last Jedi. But that's really. not what happened. It was <laughs> a white only universe. There was there was there was no no Ray or Finn. <laughs> they, they don't they don't didn't exist. And James um, Mangold is doing the Ford versus Ferrari Le Mans. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. with Matt Damon and Christian Bale, which could be awesome. Oh, uh, that's a really interesting story. There's a really good documentary about it. Mm. Uh, it's called like the 24 Hour War about about that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, nice. I'm, let me know when he's doing the Hyundai versus Kia story. That's what I'm really interested in. <laughs> Who plays Blake Man. Griffin Dude, himself? When the hamsters come in. Whoa! Blake Dude, Griffin geez. jumps it at the end. That's the <laughs> climactic. And spoiler alert. <laughs> Yeah, the hamsters, the Kia, the Kia Soul hamster, <laughs> CG'd. Wow, that was good. That was a good pull right there. The <laughs> wow. Okay, well, let's move on, guys. And before we talk Ant-Man, let's induct, hopefully, some new American treasures. So if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you might have heard us mention American Treasures on the show before. This is a little Hall of Fame we've got going on our website, and uh, these are people that we've kind of kept track of over the years, whom we have dubbed American Treasures. These are people who we think define what's great about American culture, American cinema, and uh, there's a few requirements. The requirements are you have to be in said industry, For 25 years or 50 years old, you have to be an American citizen. And the third and most important requirement of them all, sense of humor about oneself. Yes, the make or break always is the sense of humor Mm. about oneself. So important. So the way this works is we each bring a nominee to the table. I believe we have a VIP nominee this week too as well, Brian? 
We we do. We, we do. do. Yeah. So the VIPs so, have brought us their nominee, which we will vote on. And uh, best two out of three wins. That's pretty much it. So without further ado, I think we should start with the VIP nominee. Mm. Mm. That's a random. Okay. Out of the hat. Just came. Yeah. Who is it? Oh. I'll make this, I'll tease it. This is someone who's been in one of the bigger movie franchises, animated movie franchises that we've had over the last years. This is someone who's had enormous success uh, in the sitcom world uh, in the 90s. Uh, Someone who's an icon for uh, the LBGTQ community. And is someone who has had the biggest success of her life as as a talk show host, particularly daytime talk show host. This is... Someone who's hosted the Oscars, oh. I want I want to say twice, um, maybe once, but I think twice, uh, and is was one of the great stand-ups, especially female stand-ups, ah. uh, of of all time, and someone who's a lot of fun, who is really I think kind of captured social media before social media was a thing. Mm. I always think of her that way. Was really smart at engaging an audience, especially with her talk show. That show's been on now. 15 years or so mm. and all that. And uh, someone who's always been a lot of fun and also randomly kind of ageless. I think mm-hmm. not only mm-hmm. does she look the same always, but she appeals to two year olds and 200 year olds and in a, in a, someone. Um, and it's someone who's, who seems to have a lot of fun uh, with people and who throws legendarily uh, great parties. So mm. I'm going to toss out from mm. the v- mad about movies, VIPs, American Treasure, Caroline Ray, Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Kent. Strong. Just waited strong. on it. He just pounced just on it. it. Love it. Yeah, that was strong. Love it. First Caroline Ray reference on the show ever, <laughs> but not from our other, not from from Raycast. But yeah. you haven't heard my podcast, which is where I read um, my diaries, my personal entries about Caroline Ray, and it's called Diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, American Treasure. I was going to say, I thought it was going to be Rosie O'Donnell be like, she did so much for Koosh Balls back in the 90s. I mean, no one did more for Koosh than Rosie. We're talking... Koosh, the Koosh company owes their life to Rosie. The minute... It is weird, though. You got to give Rosie... People crap on Rosie a lot. But when that show went away... Sorry, Ellen. We're going to get to your treasure status here in a second. When Rosie went away, I never saw another Koosh. She was, That's like, what I mean. She was keeping Koosh afloat <laughs> for years. Wow. I don't know if they were publicly traded or not, but they owed her <laughs> at least a ton of options. I wish I worked at Koosh. Just, yeah. That'd be a really yeah. Koosh job, right? Oh, no. Next week, perfect. All right, so right. Ellen, mad about movies. Ant Man vs. the Wasp, B plus. Um, <laughs> okay, so Ellen DeGeneres. So, yeah, what do we think? What do, how, we got? A, this is our first ever VIP recommendation. So it'll still take two out of three of us to induct. Those rules still apply. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is someone whose work I enjoy a great deal. I think mm-hmm. she was a really. In, I don't mean she's not funny anymore, but I don't think she really does traditional stand up anymore. But someone who was an excellent stand-up. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't... Uh, I'm not a regular viewer of her show just because it's on it at 3 p.m., but I think she's really smart about the perfect daytime show. 
that yeah. show feels like two o'clock in the afternoon more than anything ever. And I think that's one of the things that's annoying to me with all talk shows is like, this is what I, this is my Seth Meyers issue. I love, I think Seth Meyers is really funny and stuff. He's too nice for 1230, which depending on where you live at night. Seth Meyers would be great. Like with Kelly Ripa, he's mm-hmm. smiley. He's happy. Jimmy Fallon a little bit, but tonight show, you've got to be a little happy, but that late night show, you got to kind of be a jerk. I don't know why. Just you should feel it should feel dangerous to watch you. <laughs> Seth Meyers is not, nor is James Corden. Neither of them feel dangerous to me. Now, now, granted, those most of the content on those shows is to watch the next day on YouTube. So it's a different world. But just in my weird old man head, Letterman and Conan and people felt, even Craig Ferguson felt like, ooh, this is like late night. This is. You know, this feels like the middle of the night. And I think Ellen's really, really good. It, feel, it feels like the middle of the afternoon every moment on her show. And has some really, has had some great moments on it over the years. Yeah. What about you guys? Nothing is yeah. more late night than carpool karaoke to me. I, mean, <laughs> I regularly yeah. cruise around it past midnight singing <laughs> oh, with my friends at the windows down and videotaping oh, it. You, know, you guys don't do that? One, the McCartney one was good. That was almost no, redeemed the whole thing. No, bit. somebody... Actually, multiple people sent that to me, and I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, cool. Well, oh, Paul McCartney, I'll, I'll watch this. And then I was like, oh, tw- 22 minutes? No. <laughs> nope. I, was, I thought you it was should. two and a half. Really 22 should. minutes. It, it, well, yeah. He's got to fill an hour show. Uh, it's not. <laughs> it, you should watch it. It's very good. I hated it because I don't like that bit. I find it. I think it was really clever, but then got old very quickly got played out but that's for that days. that one is fantastic it's really good if you're a beatles fan because he goes it's not just them in the car they go to all the different they go to penny lane and they go to the different bars that the Beatles. you know it's worth it it's worth it they go to paul's old childhood home so it becomes more of like a comedians and cars getting coffee let me without ask Seinfeld. you this do james corden and him <laughs> sing in the car they do <laughs> nope okay i'm that, out, I'm out. Can't you do can it. skip those I'm just a fast forward the carpooling and karaoke. Yeah, yeah. That to be fair, that really is maybe maybe thirty percent of the twenty two minutes. So Here's an idea. Like Brilliant YouTube idea channel. Carpool karaoke <laughs> without any of the singing. Just edit all of the singing out. And also without James Corden. Yeah, yeah would also just one out. That. Just drop <laughs> drop in Jerry Seinfeld just sitting there like Man, this is a billion dollar idea. We just started something. <laughs> And wow. Do you have to sing? <laughs> What's with the singing? <laughs> it's your song. Why are you singing your song? Oh, okay. it would be great if they if they were smart. If Corden was smart, he would be, and maybe he has, really pitching for a crossover idea where he walks around and grabs coffee and kind of kvetches with old comedians, and then Jerry sings with like I don't know Robert Plant in a car. <laughs> He tries to be all serious. That would be, and... that would be if if Cord never hosts the Emmys or anything. That he needs to do that bit because that's a really funny bit. If you can get Jerry to do it, I think Jerry only works with people who he finds funny. <laughs> that's his rule. That's you know literally why? his number one rule. He's worth a billion dollars. Yeah, right. He can do that. He can make those decisions. When you... Have you guys watched a new season at all? I watched. Um, we'll talk a, about it later. A couple. I watched a couple of them. I watched like two of them. I think three of yeah. them and. This the Ellen one was one of the ones that I watched. Yes. Okay. Well, so we'll talk, really I good. watched that one too. That was good. That was very good with them too. She seems like a delight. Mm-hmm. The funniest moment of the whole season, though, is with Mulaney. It's not Mulaney, but 
they're buying something and Mulaney goes, looks at Jerry and is like, is this a place where you haggle? And Jerry's like, I, I don't know. And he's like, would you haggle here? And he's like, I've never haggled. <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, okay, not, if you weren't you, would one haggle? And Jerry's like, I'm, I'm sorry, I, there's, I don't know. And Jerry goes, you want to know how I would haggle? <laughs> and Mulaney's like, okay, I'll be in a Turkish bazaar. And he's like, how? And Jerry's like, what's the most amount of money you want for this? $5,000. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just has so much money. Yeah, he's that's super like, rich. It's just uh, such an honest, like, kind of douchey, but honest moment. That's <laughs> kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's he's really very, he's very aware that he's the yeah. goat. <laughs> yeah. As he should yeah. be. He's, yeah. He's like, I'm just going to buy a ton of Porsches. Mm-hmm. And that's <laughs> fine. Like, he had a funny <laughs> joke with Ellen. Maybe some dinosaurs now. I don't that, know. Yeah, that's about, true. Uh, he had a funny <laughs> joke. What is the deal with a... Who here has a brontosaurus? He had a um, funny joke on, on the Ellen one about falling in love with uh, Porsche. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah he says, if, you know what I would have done if I had met your wife? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I would have Her met name you. is Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, it's good. Yeah, I, I think she gets my vote. Same. Okay. Um, nothing says sense of humor about yourself than coming out on your own show. I think that's like yeah. the ultimate. Totally. Like, Great comfortable point. with your personality and who you are and, you know, using that platform for change or, or whatever. So, yeah, she gets my vote. It's, what about I think what it's, about one of, it's one of those moments, too, that I think we're too close to it still to really like look back on it but it's like kind of remember that like garrett morris chevy chase thing where it's like dead honky mm-hmm. you know where it's like this thing where it's like oh we can this has enough momentum this civil right has enough momentum or we're still working towards it but we can at least make a joke about it you know that that moment of her coming out on her sitcom leaning forward and saying it accidentally into the mark microphone too ironically laura dern right mm-hmm. um and saying mm-hmm. i'm gay into the microphone at the airport uh was like so seminal because it's like not only is this important but like we can joke a little bit about it because it's we're at least making some progress so it's like a really uh i guess societal impactful moment but uh yeah she gets my vote as well she's she seems she's uh really unique in her humor and and seems fun yeah no she gets my vote as well american treasure ellen degeneres she will look great in the denim vest (laughs) the only downside is i don't mean to but Piven was on that show. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Maybe probation on Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had hair then, too, kind of. All right. Or actually, I think he had less hair then. I think his hair, he had more hair as Ari Gold than he had yeah. then. Yeah, there we go. Uh, cool. All right. That's one down. Yep. Congrats. First one in the class. All right. Ellen's hanging out over in the corner waiting to see who else is going to be inducted. Yeah. Who's she going to share this apartment with for the mm-hmm. next few weeks before we do the induction ceremony? It's the important mm-hmm. stuff. Who's she going to take selfies with? <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> how about you, Brian? Who's your nominee? Sure. Uh, this guy's been on my list for a long time. Um, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't, I checked with Richard to make sure we, we weren't going in the same, the same place. Uh, somebody who is, I, I think he has a little bit less presence culturally than significantly less presence culturally than certainly Ellen or some of the other men and women who have donned the denim vest over the last few years. But he is an incredible comedian um, with 
incredible amount of respect amongst the uh, the comedian ranks. He has some of the best bits in the history of uh, both Carson show and Letterman show. Um, and he is a very interesting person off screen. And I was reminded of him this week when we were, I was watching a movie that we're going to be reviewing for the VIPs uh, later this week and was reminded of how great he is. So it felt like the appropriate time. So I'm going to bring to the table somebody who uh, maybe is going to be a name that isn't as recognizable, but I love him nonetheless. And we'll see if I have to make too strong of a case, but I'm going to say American treasure, Charles Grodin. Hmm. Mm. 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 This one's going to be a mm. tough one on the sense of humor about oneself. <laughs> this is. This is true. Yeah, but, uh, he, yeah, yeah. He, ha- be. he has had a sense of humor about not having a sense of humor yeah. about oneself, <laughs> yes, which is exactly. Ha- which is, yes. He looks how like do we a grade that? very unpleasant uh, <laughs> person to hang I think out with. I don't it know. could be. Could be. I think that that's a bit, and I love that bit. Now, maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe it's a. Uh, Maybe he just is a curmudgeon in real life and always has been and on down the list. Um, he seems to have a great deal of respect in that community. Community, excuse me. Um, and I always got the impression that both Letterman and Carson loved uh, yeah. sparring with him in a a sort of uh, less meta way of of the uh, like the Kimmel Damon bit. I felt like I've always felt like so. Uh, that's yeah, he was. He was a big part, not just because of, uh, oddly, a big part of my childhood. Not just because of Beethoven, which is obvious. <laughs> uh, but also, like, my mom read his books and stuff, weirdly. You know, those people that your parents just attach to? My mom, He wrote, like, books. Like, uh, yeah. I don't really know. Like, self-helpy kind of things? <laughs> or just, like, comedic essays or something? I don't remember. But they were always strewn about our bathroom. My, I guess my mom was a big Grodin head. Uh, and then he was like on 60 minutes. I remember being, and I'll talk about this. We're doing an episode in a a short time about Charles Gordon movie. I I remember being very confused as to what he was, because there was no Wikipedia (laughs) and he was sort of just around all media for me as a kid. He was, there was books of him in my bathroom. He was on 60, (laughs) he was on 60 minutes. He had a talk show and he was Beethoven's dad. And I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Who kind is of a this? renaissance man. Really. Yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't. I was very confused. Because well, back he's then, only Beethoven's dad in the first two. If you're like me and you only watch the third and the fourth <laughs> one. You have no Fair. clue. Beethoven's fourth is the superior to, to all of them. <laughs> True. You know. it, well, they cued it with the uh, symphonies. And so it kind of tees up perfectly. It's perfect. Um, yeah, I was like so uh, confused by him and continued to be. Uh, until probably 10 years ago when I finally, like, Wikipedia was a thing. And I'm like, oh, I need to look up Charles Grodin. Why did he do all this stuff? So he's definitely across. And then, yeah, I was aware of the Letterman stuff and the Carson stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's done, he's been excellent in, in some some really great movies. He, you know, he's randomly in uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea as a, in 1954. Right, yeah. So we're looking at, like, a 50-plus year career. I mean, I don't know what he really does anymore. Um, he was in that co- really bad comedian movie with uh, De Niro that uh, yeah. Jeff Ross wrote. I think that was the last thing he did. But uh, oh, man, this is—he's someone I like. I like. I'm excited when I see Charles Grodin. Mm-hmm. I really am. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. American Treasure. He's very American, and the treasure part yeah. enough <laughs> of one to where he counts. I'm. You're, you're gonna have my vote, Brian. All right, I like it. He's in a Muppet movie. Does that help? I think that definitely That does helps. help. 
He's on the Michael J. Fox show, the one from a few years ago. Mm, that one helps less a little bit, but can't. What you think? I'm gonna go solid. I'm gonna go solid even. I'm gonna go n- negate gonna negate my vote. Yeah, it's just yeah, gonna be gonna pa- pass pass. All right. So okay. whoever, what do you vote, Brian? He's in. Oh yeah, he's yeah, yeah. he's definitely in. He's in. Okay, for sure. Yeah. All right. Our first. He did our, go to he did go to the U though, which is kind of interesting for him. Yeah. Yeah, so I would have. Doesn't seem like oh, he did. He went to the to U? U. Okay, no, yeah. no, not at. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about becoming a big fan of the U football. It seems like a good lifestyle. It's the right time. It's the right time. You yacht around. Game. You do cocaine. You know, seems like a pretty cool fan base. <laughs> um, very chill. All right, for sure. Kent, hey. you got one, or you want me to go? I've got one. Go for it. This is a name that might not be familiar to new listeners of the show, um, but there was a time in my childhood and in my youth that this person was at the forefront. Um, I understand that this that he, I will say, um, has ventured into different businesses now, still is definitely um, prominent in American culture. I always see him, um, tweets of his being retweeted that are very funny. And I, I'm always reminded of my admiration for him, and definitely not the typical American treasure, I would say, um, in terms of being a primarily an actor or director. But um, I still think it's somebody who has impacted us all, and he was—he's definitely the goat of his said industry or field. So I'm going to bring you guys. I'm nervous about this American treasure. Tony Hawk. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. That's a cool one. I actually like that, Kent. Thanks. Um, as, as you know, I'm a big skater. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm always only birdhouse though. Yeah. So team. Yeah. I team have Hawk. a weird, I have a weird, enormous respect for skateboarding because I have tried to skateboard. I don't know, a dozen times in my life and it, I cannot do it. Even for six feet, I have to run off the board. I just get too, uh, <laughs> I've, whatever that, I, I think it's your hips, right? I'm bad at things with your hips. Um, <laughs> I don't like the woods and I'm out on hip related activity. Feel bad for your wife. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <see. Okay>. all right. <laughs> um, so, Skateboarding is tough, though. I could never I'm, skateboard. Yeah, so I, I love skateboarding culture and skate parks, but I was just like hang out at them. I would not actually skateboard. I could not do it. Same. Yeah, I think uh, he's definitely... So explain some sense of humor. I'm not saying he doesn't. I just need to be re-familiarized with sense of humor about himself. He seems like a chill guy. Yeah, I do like him. But I need specific sense of humor references. Well, um, he's had numerous appearances on um, Adult Swim content okay. type shows, gotcha. Family Guy, um, gotcha. Aquabat okay. show. I'm in on that. Um, he was a big player in the Jackass days. Remember, he did a lot of that ah, stuff. Fair. Oh, um, okay. All right. Now we're he, talking. Um, he's a really funny follow on Twitter. I think I always see him, like, somebody asked him to like i don't know hold his skateboard you know one time or something mm-hmm. and it, and he or, or was asking why he had a skateboard and he was like 
you know, it's for my kid or something. He's just like really funny in public with people that he meets and like, um, is always the guy like photobombing people's engagement photos and things like that. To me, that sense of humor about oneself is kind of no, how you sure. interact with people in public and when, you know, people on social media and things like that, that, um, always meet him and, and say he's a really nice guy and things like that. So that goes a long yeah, he way. He does seem really nice. He seems like a great guy. Uh, Okay. An ambassador for that whole industry, this, for sure. This that is was an huge. Oh, for sure. This is an un. I mean, I'm more of a Rob Deerdeck guy, but okay. Um, <laughs> this is a question kind of unrelated to American treasure status. I just want to know if I'm just old or if it's a kind of has skateboarding. Is it still cool? Like, is it still? I don't think so. E- extreme. Is it less cool now? Do kids do the amount of kids skateboard that say skateboarded 12, 15 years ago? I don't know. I'm actually asking. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't think this has nothing as to big do anymore. Uh, okay. I know skate park, skate parks aren't as uh, prominent as they were. The okay. ones that were around when I was younger have all shut down. I know the X Games is still around, but it's not as big of a deal as it was. Yeah. It's only like two days or three days as opposed to like a week-long big event. It's um, a big deal, yeah. I don't think it's as big a deal. I think there are people that still do it, but... Um, Okay. Let's just say if Tony Hawk was still skating professionally, he'd probably still be the biggest, best skateboarder. Okay. So I guess it's the tennis effect. Yeah. It's the it's, Roger Federer query. Mm, okay. Totally. All right, Brian, any questions or thoughts? I'm ready to vote. Yeah, no, I don't. I He's one that I would just have to say, oh, yeah, sure. I agree with you. Like the, uh, you know, I did not skate. I was not a, uh, a skateboarder roller skates roller blades anything i just never was uh <laughs> no you roller skated all the time no 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 with very scooter, short bro. shorts just scooters um <laughs> just straight not, razor scooter yeah, not even motorized at all just dude the just birds really are cool. in dallas by the no, way i'm excited we live that bird life out coming here down, coming down there soon so i like i have very little to go off of other than he always did seem like a chill guy and i know his name despite yeah know his name and like presence and could pick him out of a lineup and all that sort of stuff despite having never once for literally one second of my life watched him <laughs> like skateboarding of any sort but he's always seemed like an I incredibly his, cool chill dude i saw his 900 i think mm-hmm. was that the big one he had yeah, i remember watching that live yeah. in a hotel when i was a kid that was like a i won't say seminal seminal moment but a but a bit i remember it and i'm 31 so it was obviously big um i never would have thought of him kent but i like this one i'm I'm actually a big fan of this i like the variety of it yeah because yeah. a we need we needed another straight white guy so there's that <laughs> um so i'm like no i mean there's just like variety of talent seriously yeah. i think it's, i always it's like a cool one public figure american yeah. nominees always makes me I, very I, happy i'm gonna go yeah i'm gonna vote yes kent he always he's he's always had a great sense of humor about himself. That like he was always jumping was stuff too. on like Letterman's show and yeah, he's he's yeah. great. Yeah. Same. That was a fun PlayStation game. Oh yeah, around. one of the, yeah, also one of the best video game franchises yeah. of all time. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Where the point was just to like kind of jerk around and jump stuff and you would get points kind of i never was even like tried around- to get the points i was just skating the whole time yeah know? it was like, like the around fun. the horn of video games like i could never figure out how or why i got the points but i was happy i got them <laughs> oh yeah well i'm in brian you? Hawk. yeah i'll give you my vote for sure, for sure. Right. i have nothing if you guys say he's good to go then he is good to go with me nice nice awesome 
Can we get him well, a denim skateboard or something? Yeah. Oh, awesome. yeah. Okay, cool. Denim tech deck. Mm. All right. <laughs> what about you, cool. uh, Richard? Who's your nominee? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with a, uh, a North American treasure. Always good to go with. Um, someone who's been in a ton of, of great films, just to name a few, I'll say. Uh, Titanic. Have you heard of it? Nope. Unfamiliar. Uh, Argo, The Town, Milk. Uh, let's see some other ones. Sleepless in Seattle, which is a classic, a bunch oh, of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then a, a lot of great television as well. He was in Alias for a long time. Mm. Uh, he was in uh, some great 30 Rock ep- episodes. Uh, so Somebody I just really am always happy to see. Um, someone who's had a really long career as a character actor. Someone who's always fantastic. And is great old friends with another North American treasure, Martin Short, which I think gives you, besides 30 Rock, all the sense of humor about oneself that you need. Right. Um, and he's Canadian, so you know he's a great guy. Uh, that's just universal. Uh, so I'm going to go American treasure, Victor Garber. Hmm. Love it. I love it. I've had him on my list for a long time. I'm a big... Uh Part of Garber Nation, Garber Strong. Um, <laughs> you are, you've always been Garber Strong. <laughs> no, he is great, right? Like, yes. I'm just, the yes. minute he pops up in something, I'm like, this is awesome. I love. He has such a unique look. Yeah. He just seems cool. I want to hang out with him. I'd love to go get a glass of wine or a coffee with him or something. He just seems like an awesome bro. Yeah. And uh, I just like the guy. I don't know what else I, to tell you. I think that's a compelling part of uh, this whole American Treasure nomination voting process is that maybe that's even the the second thing beyond sense of humor about himself is just like just good hang. If, yeah. If that person pops up in a movie, you're just like, Oh sweet. Victor Garber's here. Cool. 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 <laughs> yeah. Just like, I don't know. Yeah. But you know, I'm it's always, a big, I'm a big, big fan of, of character actors getting their, their due. So we're, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. I'm all in on Garber. Argo is the ultimate, uh, Victor Garber role because it's just like a medium sized part. <laughs> And it's a really nice Canadian ambassador. And it's just like, oh, yeah, of course it's Victor Garber. I'm right. totally on this guy's side immediately. <laughs> yeah. I like him. <laughs> and, totally. and he's going to help get these sausages out. And he seems really decent. And I'm just in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got my vote for sure. Kent, what you got? He's good. I, I always enjoy him. Is, is he what we would consider an O'Malley, though? Where does this cross That's the fair. line between O'Malley and A.T.? <sighs> You know, where does the line even? Yeah. It's such a blurred line now. It is. Which is why my other American treasure is Robin Thicke. <laughs> no. <laughs> blurred line. Uh, oh, yeah. Victor Garber, American treasure. Of course. There, There's going to be a mm, type of movie. It will cater to olds because Victor Garber is not a, not a young man. But I feel like there's... Go- Remember when, like, Richard Jenkins had The Visitor... And he got yeah. a nominee for all the Oscars. Sure. There's going to be a Victor Garber movie like that. Yeah. I'm putting yeah. in the call where he's going to randomly get like a best actor nomination. Best. He's too good not to. Yeah, like he's it. great. He's like going to be like some low budget thing where he's on a, on a journey and he's going to be incredible. And in everyone's like, oh, Victor Garber. And then he's going to get a lot more supporting <laughs> roles because he right. was in that movie. Sure. That's going to yeah. happen. The Alan Arkin experience. Yeah, exactly. But he... he's best friends with Martin Short. So that's all you need to know. Automatically in. Yeah. He has the best line in um, Titanic, too. This ship can't sink. I assure you, <laughs> she's made of steel. She can. You know, that's a great, that's yeah. a great line. It's very good. Um, 
Charles Gordon. Right? Charles Gordon is great. Uh, Victor Garber is great. Tony Hawk is great. And Ellen DeGeneres is great. This is, is great. A, That's a great class. class. This, this is, is a really great ecl- it's an eclectic class. Yeah, the mm-hmm. speeches would be good. Ellen's we'll, gonna bring we'll it, be bring good. the house. Gosh, don't break don't break the illusion. Jeez, it is. Oh yeah, the Welcome. speeches were incredible. Welcome. Your vests are in the mail. Of summer 2018. Well, all right. Without further ado, guys, it's time for Ant Man talk. Hey guys, Kent here on behalf of ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring, or do you know somebody who's looking to fill a job? What if hiring could be easier, more streamlined, less time-consuming? With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. Then, ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes so you receive the best possible matches. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get quality candidates in just one day. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results by going for free now. Post your job for free. Yes, right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash Matt. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Matt. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Matt. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are here for Ant-Man Talk, and we are joined by our friend for a fourth opinion, Eric. Hey, what's up, Eric? Hey, guys. Hey, good to have you, man. Uh, before we get started with Ant-Man, we need to get sh- get to know you a little bit, and we will do that with a question of what are your thoughts on Now You See Me, Have You Seen MacGruber, and what's your favorite movie? Okay, so Now You See Me. It's an interesting story because... It, I saw. <laughs> yeah, we'll be the ju- we'll we be the judge home, of that, Eric. Uh, and I, <laughs> my wife and I watched it on our anniversary of all things. Oh no! And so you're so you're sorry about that. That's your wife divorce. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. So you're romantic. <laughs> I like it. About so divorce. it gets better. <laughs> I, I, we went to a restaurant called Smashburger and got food first, and brought it Man. home, and we ate Casanova over here. Watched the movie, and then we both got. So sick. <laughs> you terribly sick close. all night long. Oh, so terrible. much so, I was going to say, yeah, I I don't even remember the movie much. But before I came on the show, because I knew you guys were going to ask this question, I asked my wife, do you remember what I thought of it? And she said she enjoyed it, but that I thought it was predictable and stupid. So mm-hmm. I think I'm in the clear. Yeah. Well, can you really blame the sickness on Smashburger, though? I mean, <laughs> the psychological toll that your body went through. I might have too close. Yeah, it just it just reacted when you looked too close, and you lost it was all the all a the Mark food. Ruffalo twist. Yeah, that just yeah. Well, I sort of vom- can't sort of vomiting everywhere too during that. I did, but it wasn't from food. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, uh, what's your favorite movie, man? Oh man. That is such a hard question because it changes a lot. Um, I want to say like Apollo 13. Oh, I'm a big, okay. big, I'm a big space guy. I really love space movies. And another one that's one of my favorites is Interstellar, but I know you guys aren't real high on that one. Oh, I'm with you. Me and you, Eric. Yeah. Let's do and that. me, dude. Kent. I mean, yeah, Brian, there you go. Just, I like Interstellar. Just it's just Kent, Kent that hates it. We all yeah. together. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I just thought it was a letdown. For what it well, should have and could have been. 
stuff. Interstellar is what led me to your guys' Um Because when I first saw that movie, I started looking at pop- podcasts that were, you know, just talking about it. Because um, I really enjoyed it. And that was how I first landed on your guys' podcast. Oh, cool. Well, if Very that's cool. what it took, then then we're glad you're here. It was worth it. It well, we got to have... Uh, and I have seen McGruber. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Woo. Finally. Well, um, it is time for Ant-Man talk. Um, I'm excited for this because I really enjoyed Ant-Man, the first one, um, probably more than you guys, maybe. I don't remember if I did, uh, according I to the official the grade. Okay. Think. Did I? Brian, Brian's the historian. I, you might have been I in Montana. I don't think you did. I think you were in Montana. Yeah. There we go. Know. Well, now I'm back. Uh, so I, but I, so I saw it kind of late. I didn't go see it in the theaters. I saw it VOD later. Yeah, but I liked it. I liked it. Uh, I liked it fine. The there original. We go. Gotcha. The original. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's my. Uh, if you look up Rotten Tomatoes under critics, <laughs> and you look up Richard Barden. It says I liked it fine. I liked it fine. Richard Barden, mad about movies. <laughs> it's on the poster, actually. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was yeah. a weird choice. Yeah. I didn't, I, yeah. They really that. shot low on that one. Yeah, they did. <laughs> First off, everyone was like, who's that? And then secondly, <laughs> kind of a tepid response. That would be a great ad campaign. If a if a movie just a uh, company just hammered home the fact that it was like 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's straight <laughs> yeah. down the middle. So, <laughs> you know, it's a movie that's dividing yeah. the country. Yeah. <laughs> some love it, some hate it. What will you decide? You know? Sounds uh, like something movie pass would yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for real. They literally got 0%. <laughs> well, um. They got one percent. They could have been like, "Are you in the one percent? Find out. Go see Gotti." And then they were devastated when it was zero. But guess what? Brian's gonna have to see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Dark days are headed my way. I think. Yeah, that'll be a good bonus episode for sure. We just gotta figure out a way to I'm make excited it that. For that episode. And, yeah, that and Battlefield Earth. If we can somehow <laughs> double or nothing him. We can. Well, um, we'll figure out a way. In terms of Ant-Man and this movie and just getting general thoughts rolling, um, this movie feels like a vast difference from Infinity War. It's definitely a change of tone, a reset, refresh after that, a palate cleanser, if you will, from that. Um, You go from the biggest stakes in the history of the world, humanity, the universe, with the the snapping of Thanos in Infinity War, and then you cut to this, and you've got a fight happening with salt shakers and, you know, chopping blocks in a kitchen, which is, you know, essentially the biggest moment of this movie or whatever. So I kind of really enjoy that juxtaposition and changing the stakes and the whole meanwhile back at Ant-Man's place aspect of what's going on here and how it juxtaposes with... uh, the Avengers and the rest of the MCU. So I enjoy that aspect of it. Um, they're really fun. Um, summer movies in terms of the tone. I think these hit a really good tone for July or exactly what we're in right now. The 4th of July weekend. I think this is a great release strategy by Marvel. Um, and I enjoy the people in this, all the cast and everything. Having said that, um, I thought this was about as good as it could be, given the material at hand, which wasn't 
ex- too exciting and really did kind of fit the template of other Marvel movies when I feel like you can really kind of take chances with this because it really isn't super integral to the MCU. And to me, this is like Deadpool is to X-Men. You know, it's connected, but it's kind of not, so you can do more and get away with more. I just wish they would kind of do more here and take more risks with it. Um, So I think this is about as good as it could be, given what the template that they've laid out for these is. And so to me, that's just a very average, mediocre Marvel movie. So it didn't really exceed any boundaries. It didn't. It wasn't like Black Panther, where it set all these new expectations for where it's going to, where the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to go after this, right? And it didn't uh, totally disappoint me and make me regret going there, a la Thor: The Dark World. So it really mm-hmm. hit the middle ground, which is, I mean, Marvel are basically they're batting Pixar average now. You know, you can expect to go to these movies now consistently and. It's going to be good. You know, you can honestly yeah. say that going in, that these are going to be good. They're not going to, they're not going to let these movies get out unless they, the story is um, at a place where it's going to at least be pacing wise, entertaining, you know, it might not be the most thrilling stakes wise, but at least, you know, in terms of the scene to scene pacing of it, it's going to, it's going to work. And they have, they really have the formula down. So I can't knock them for that, but but yeah, I'm kind of meh on this. I wanted to be way more stoked on Ant-Man after this, but I guess I'm kind of the same on it, honestly, that I was after the first one. What about you guys? You go, Eric. Yeah, Eric. Think. Yeah, so uh, th- my thing with it is uh, the first one was a lot of fun. I kind of went into this one the same way I went into Thor Rack. Uh, it, you just kind of waiting to see. Is, is it going to be fun? Um, cause the first two Thors were, I mean, uh, they just weren't as fun as some of the other, other MCU movies. And I didn't enjoy those as much, but Thor Ragnarok was really funny. And I kind of felt the same way going into this one. Um, the first one, I watched it before I, I watched this, uh, this one. And I remember enjoying it better the first time. I didn't think it was bad, but it, I, I guess maybe cause a lot of it was, was just him getting ready, you know, training with Hank. And, it didn't feel like there was a lot going on in that story. And I remember being really bored watching it this time, but I really enjoyed it the first time. So I wasn't sure, you know, what changed, but this one I thought was fun. Um, and that's really what you've come to expect. Like you said, Kent from an MCU movie in the summer. Um, one of the biggest things was though, it, it felt way different from infinity War. It was like coming off a roller coaster, right. And getting to the bottom. It had this weird feeling of, you just had this massive event happen and, and they kind of almost just ignored it. And it was, interesting to have that kind of, I don't know, movie, I guess, following up such an event, such as Infinity War, if that makes sense. I gotcha, yeah. What about you, yeah. Brian? Um, look, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I may be playing, I may be going high, much higher than everybody else. I loved this. I thought it was, you, you guys are all right, like, it is very cookie-cutter and formulaic to what Disney Marvel has found to be successful, um, and because of that, like, you're just kind of left with, like, um, do you do you like the characters and do you like what they're doing with the characters and I and I really do it you're right can't like it's not um it's not as ambitious or adventurous as I might like from these the side characters that aren't quite as as uh, integral to what's actually happening within the Avengers that would be cool I still would love to see the Edgar Wright version of of Ant Man at some point um but it, it, 
I, since we didn't get that and it isn't going that way, we're clearly headed in this direction. And I, I gotta be honest, I love it. I like where we're headed. This, the first one I rewatched like the day before I went to see uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, and I, I, I had the opposite reaction, Eric. I like it better than I did when we first reviewed it. I think I gave it like a B or maybe a B plus. I might be in the same boat, just grade wise, but it, it is more appealing than it was first time around. But it, the, um, gosh. The thing that still jumps out at me from the first Ant-Man is just the the tonal shifts within the movie, and it just feels very choppy because you can you can tell that here's where, where what what uh, Edgar Wright wrote, and here's what got added afterwards, and here's how uh, what's the guy's name? I'm sorry, Peyton uh, Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed, excuse me. Um, you you can kind of tell like he's trying to interpret material that you know Edgar Wright has a very unique style and sensibilities and whatnot and it's i think it's very difficult to take that and do your thing with it and i feel like you can still very much feel that with the first movie and then this one um yeah you're right ken like it's it's a formula and it's got that sort of what we've come to expect about it but it 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 flows better than the first one did to me and um and i dug that it's it was very easy to get into i liked that we kind of didn't really super tie it into infinity war until the end because it gives you another this is almost like a like a i don't know like a fresh start of getting a an introduction to the character and the you know the supporting characters as well since the first one was um so sort of i don't know thrown together in some ways um and i and i like that i thought that it was it was smart to leave the tie-in to the end and to to kind of let you get another hour and a half under your belt with these characters first. Um, I thought that this movie used Paul Rudd significantly better than the first one did and really found the, uh, the kind of the stride of what makes Paul Rudd fun and entertaining. And so just enjoyable to watch. And that's a, that's a nice thing. It it, it always felt a little up and down in the first go around. And then you're, I think we got a, a really good, I think we got a very good, um, opportunity to see, the side characters and how well they can be used within at least this franchise, if not the overarching, you know, MCU. But I loved Evangeline Lilly. I loved uh, Michael Douglas and Michael Pena and, and just on down the list. I think it's a really fun. It's a fun cast that I enjoy at this point. I may enjoy watching this as much as any of the other like Guardians or uh, whatever Thor becomes post Ragnarok and, and on down the list. I, I had a blast with this one. Awesome. Is Richard there and able to give his thoughts on Ant-Man and the Wasp? Yeah, so I uh, these are interesting to me. They're like the most, in some ways, so kind of weird for Marvel. And then also, in some ways, the most marvel of all Marvel movies in that, uh, it, like you said, Brian, it's a, it, it is a formula that works. And that doesn't mean it's not a formula, but that also conversely doesn't mean it doesn't work <laughs> you know it works for mm-hmm. a reason mm-hmm. quite yeah it's quite uh enjoyable and rudd has always been um a great screen presence he's a great addition to this universe he's he just is perfect for this this part and uh it's just always fun watching him and and and, and the supporting cast in this is excellent as well i love everyone involved um evangeline lily someone i think has always been kind of underused she's obviously beautiful, but I think is a very good, like great, uh, 
leading lady in in a lot of ways. She seems she has kind of a unique persona. Michael Douglas is we could all make fun, but has like consistently been awesome for like forty years now. Uh, and and Michelle Pfeiffer is just like the coolest. And so this is a great supporting cast for for th- this is in, in an odd way kind of such an ensemble for such a spinoff character. Uh, the the tone of this is is really pitch perfect for what it's intending to be. I I don't understand really why. Not that this didn't crush, but I these are such. It seems like everyone would go see this movie. It's just such mm-hmm. an easy watch. And the fact this made like what eighty million. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm always surprised it's not like a hundred, a hundred and ten. I know it's not a character people know. I guess that's really what matters. A Spider Man movie is always going to make more than an Ant Man movie, which is funny to compare the two because. Really, what's the difference? They're two. They're both sort of, insects. Yeah, mm-hmm. spiders are not insects, Brian. Gosh, arachnids. God, yeah. Brian. Gosh. Hey, you send emails. So many emails. Gosh, to Brian. Uh, I right. have to clear out emails for two yeah. hours tomorrow. As they Angela Coppola, twenty-one at yahoo.com. <laughs> just pass those on. Hold on, I just passed out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so these are like just delightful little movies and i'm i'm i didn't see the first one in theaters i saw it in, on vod later i believe i also watched it on a cruise ship once because i'm that guy um but uh but these are 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 such fun and if so i'm not even saying dc like i don't even mean a competitor but if someone else made these they'd be i think so much more lauded you know if like mm. summit just randomly had the rights to ant-man and just <laughs> knock this kind of movie out i feel like it would be 150 percent around tomatoes and like maybe make more money but because of like the the marvel fatigue and the expectations of marvel maybe it it doesn't get as lauded as it should because some of the other films are so great and and they're more grand and there's scalability and this seems like kind of silly in comparison uh that if something else someone else made it it might get a little more credit but it's a really excellently made fun movie especially this one i thought I think I enjoy this one more than the first. I don't know. Maybe I did. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, it's interesting to see where they're going to go with this because you would think just from a financial standpoint, if they're trying to make every movie as big as it can be, that they would have had Ant-Man more involved in Infinity War, right? To promote that because you want him to be an Avenger. The Avenger movies do better, right? You don't want this to feel unnecessary in a way, but you also want it to feel connected. So yeah, it it does feel a little bit weird. It's like, um, just trying to tell people that aren't familiar with the MCU be like, uh, Oh, there's a new Marvel movie out. Oh, one of the Avengers. No, it's another Marvel guy. Well, he's kind of in the Avengers. He's kind of not, but I mean, he wasn't in the Avengers, but he was in the civil war movie, which is kind of Avengers too, you know, or Mm, Avengers, you know, it's kind of a weird gray area that he kind of falls in. So I think they should just go for it, make them an Avenger, push them over that $100 million guarantee per weekend threshold. And I I just don't know if they pushed it to its potential. Maybe they have. I mean, because the marketing for this has just been so in your face and everywhere um, that maybe they've just reached the ceiling with this character and that's this is what it's going to be. And we'll be fine with that. I think these are fine. They're fun. Um, They're not offensively bad, but I, I agree with you, Richard. I think... If these were anybody else, these would be like the hit of the summer. This would be, yeah, if this was Warner Brothers that came out with this, or if this was, like you said, a DC movie, 
if DC made anything this fun, then <laughs> people would be like, all right, Marvel, go ahead and leave your job now because we're the <laughs> new, there's a new sheriff in town, you know? And yeah, just I think in comparison, it is, it's a little bit tougher, but let's get a little bit more into the uh, plot of Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I heard a lot of rumors going into this that, um, you know, Paul Rudd was going to take a back seat to Evangeline Lilly in this movie much more. And this was going to be mainly her coming out party more than it was going to be building on his character. But what I found was, and what I've heard Peyton Reed talk about is that their intention all along was for them to be essentially equal characters and to have equal stakes and equal power and work as a team. And I really felt like that worked here. If that's the, tone they were trying to get off because i heard rumors mm -hmm. like going into this it's like this is barely paul rudd it's basically the wasp movie you know but they're pitching it as ant-man to get people to go there i didn't find it like that at all i thought it was um a good introduction of the wasp gave her her moments of you know introducing her character and what she can bring and letting her come into her own and then there's that you know the whole plot with her family which is the main plot of the movie right and, um, but also Ant-Man is prominently featured as well. So I don't know what those rumors were about or anything going into it, but I thought I found it to be evenly distributed between Ant-Man and the Wasp minus the intro for the Wasp that we kind of needed in this movie. But I really enjoyed her. I mentioned it earlier, yeah, the scene in the kitchen great. was great. And I thought she brought the right, um, kind of badassness if that's a word without being too um, stealthy about it, I don't know. It, she had a, she had a kind of ballet flair to what she was doing and the way she, her character kind of interacted with um, being the wasp and being her character in the real world. I really enjoyed Evangeline in this. I didn't so mm -hmm. much in Ant-Man, but I'm a big fan of the wasp. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't a fan <laughs> of the, short hair version of her in Ant-Man though. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you guys think about, uh, that whole, the, the new part of this, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. I, I love Evangeline Lilly. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm glad that she's kind of getting her, her due at this point and getting to be like a legitimate superstar, you know, like a movie star in a way. And that's great because she deserves it. She's, she's fantastic. But I think you're, you're, you're spot on Kent. I had heard the same things of like, man, this is going to be mostly wasp and a little bit of Ant-Man. And, uh, I, I found it to be much more of a partnership, which I liked. And I, I thought, I think, I think they have excellent chemistry. Um, you know, I kept thinking, Man, what it? <laughs> how much better would the Jurassic series be if these two were there? Just because they have chemistry together, that's that's fantastic. Um, but I, I think they they match each other really well. This this series, this franchise within the universe, does an excellent job of uh, of adding in those supporting characters too. And like uh, with this one, you kind of see you're right. Like Evangeline Lilly in the first one is intentionally kind of standoffish because that's what her character is supposed to be and in this one you start to see that open up a little bit more and mm -hmm. you get a better experience with her but all the supporting characters i think are spot on in in this series and that a that makes the movie more fun because it starts to feel like a little bit of an ensemble experience at least at least in parts and that's pretty cool and um you get to a place where i don't know for me with 
when the supporting cast is so strong, I don't get the superhero overload the way I do with some of the other, uh, not just Marvel movies, but all the superhero comic book movies. It's, it's, I don't know. It's like a reprieve. Like you get scenes where you can kind of, uh, relax from the superhero ness. And then this one is almost to the extreme of that because it is so comic based. Uh, I mean, comedy based, not comics like graphic novels. Mm-hmm. So, uh, com- uh, comedy based and, um, with the with these support, yeah, I think they've done an excellent job of of uh, building those those uh, side characters, and obviously, the Wasp, Evangeline Lilly, is the the greatest uh, example of that. I think. Yeah, in terms of the, I, I guess let's hit spoilers now. Let's go spoilers. So spoilers, Ant Man spoilers, the Wasp spoilers, spoiler talk. Um, in terms of the template that I mentioned earlier, referenced of the Marvel movies. I'm just sick of the, oh, this is the villain. Oh, no, it's not the villain. It's somebody that's good that can help us to go fight the real villain who is the corporation or the black market or somebody else, right? I'm just, and that was the same deal here with the ghost, and I could see that coming from a thousand miles away. I really like the character. I really like the powers, and like I just wish that that wasn't so predictable or that there had been a better villain in this. I liked the costume for the ghost and the actress that played her was really talented, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It just something felt off about the antagonist version um, aspect of this movie. There really isn't any, this is really just them about rescue about them rescuing uh, their mom from the quantum realm. Right. But, um, Maybe that's where I'm mm. tr- having trouble finding my complete thoughts on that is because it's so much different than the other Marvel movies in terms of villain, go kill villain, end of movie, right? Yeah. I liked sure. it, though. I liked the Quantum Realm. I thought that was a really – way they visually have done that in this is just another – you know, they've gone out to space in the universe, and now we're going the opposite of that, right, to the subatomic – community and I, I really enjoy their interpretation of that and made me want to see this in 3d if i don't know if there is 3d versions of this i assume there is but um i think that would be really cool there and it's just a really different aspect of these movies that that we haven't seen before um they always find MacGuffins and little loopholes on how they're going to circumvent the you know technology limitations of the subatomic realm like oh how are we going to find someone that's the size of an (laughs) atom oh well if she's talking and we're going to narrow down the frequencies to her voice you know like that little thing Mm -hmm. um that's that's stuff i can get over just because i really like the um the notion of him being the size of an atom and being still alive and able to come back i I really like that just the yeah. his power is just that he can manipulate his size and it's just somehow really entertaining. Very simple, you know. It's uh, honey, I shrunk the kids, and honey, I blew up the kid, and a superhero, and that's these <laughs> movies. And if it's yeah, the tone, totally. pretty much the same too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, sure. we need a we need a Zelensky. Uh, that would be a very funny cameo. It would be Rick Moranis in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids oh, garb yeah. in this. Well, that would be very meta. <laughs> um. So yeah, I really liked how Peyton Reed was kind of involved from the beginning now. You can tell he this has more of his fingerprints on it than the last one did. Yeah. 
And I really like that. I like the things they did visually with the Ant-Man and the Wasp, how, you know, when they're shrinking and changing sides, how it's kind of got the comic feel of you can see each kind of frame of them as they're shrinking, you know, and that kind of ghosting effect, um, no pun intended there, that they did. I really like the physics of it all. And he really concentrated a lot on that, I know. And just the things like, I'm going to keep referencing the kitchen scene, but with the wasp like running across the table after the salt spilled right and like sliding across the table because of the salt and things like that just the attention to de- detail in terms of the physics and the just having fun with really small person really big person and what can you do yeah. with that just that i think this is a really really fun exploration of that i'm just sad that a lot of the best moments if not the best moments are all in the trailers i mean to the T. I don't even think there's one reveal other than the end, really, that's not in the trailer. Yeah, so of the that's couple, a whole other like the action sequences yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, in terms of sure. like I got that. getting you in the theater to see a big sequence or something, you you would think that they would save one or two of those oh, we're blowing up a salt shaker to a big size. Oh no, here's the Pez dispenser. Now here, you know, now we're gonna shrink the car and then blow it up and blow up the car on top of us. Right. Those, those moments all in the trailers and those are the funnest moments of the movie, but they're still fun. I guess I'm, I'm at the point where I just like, I can only watch teaser trailers. That's all I'm going to watch. Cause I, sure. I just can't trust. You can't trust anything anymore in terms of uh, giving stuff away. But I've talked for like 85 minutes. If someone wants to chime in <laughs> on uh, some more Ant-Man thoughts. Yeah, I'm with you, Ken. I mean, the uh, to an extent. I mean, I think a lot of this becomes such a machine mm-hmm. in a way uh, that the marketing piece, you know, the, it, it becomes such a sales pitch. Eric, what about what about you? Were you were you okay with the marketing? This movie was was too much revealed to you. Uh, how did how did Avengers really impact that? Yeah, I I think you guys are right. The marketing was kind of in your face. I mean, every time I was on my computer this the past few weeks and like on YouTube or anything, there were ads all over the place. But one of the things that annoyed me, and to your point, Kent, was uh, all the scenes were in the trailer, even the like final, final post-credit scene, which yeah. I thought in the theater experience would have been funnier if we didn't already know there was going to be an ant playing the drums. Like the right. second that scene started and you saw the apartment, you were like, oh, this is where the ants playing the drums because everybody's gone. So even that being in the trailer was weird because it gave away that moment and waiting for it at the end was kind of like, uh, I already know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. So, that, yeah, to your point that uh, I think you're right. Uh, a lot of the scenes were. But I, I don't know. I mean, I first of all, I totally agree with you guys. The cast was great. And I love Walton Goggins. Yeah, so, oh boy. Yeah, I, I loved him in Justified, so I've been a big fan of him ever since. And he uh, having him in this one was really fun. And I really enjoyed the fact that there wasn't like a a major villain that they all just kind of had. They were all going after the same thing, and they all just kind of kept tripping over each other. And uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie was when Walton Goggins, uh, Sonny Birch, was interrogating Lewis. And the ghost just shows up, and he like yeah. totally jumps and is scared, and it catches him by surprise. I thought that was kind of fun, because in most movies, you have this seething villain who knows all and he's never caught off guard and you know it just felt like these villains and and everybody even the heroes were just all kind of tripping over each other in this race to get to the lab and get to the quantum realm Mm -hmm. so i thought that part of it was pretty fun i'm with you there dude like i it was kind of nice coming off of the 
the experience of Avengers with Thanos and whatnot, which is is excellent and is done really well in its own right. But it was kind of nice to have lower stakes and like not the whole world is going to blow up if we can't figure this. Really, the stakes of this movie are, you know, one woman who sort of died 30 years ago is going to really die now. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. that's all. And I, I don't know. There's something I think for one thing that sort of fits the tone of what the movie is going for, which is great. Like that matches up. It's, and I like that, but it, it was kind of a, a nice, like a breath of fresh air in some ways of just like, it is a, it's a micro, um, problem for Ant-Man. Sorry. But, uh, it, it's a, it's, it's just, it's a smaller scale thing. And I, I kind of like that. I, I felt like you're like, you're right. Can't like there's the villains, not great. There's nothing superb about, um, about ghost or besides kind of a cool costume and, and effects or whatever, but it did feel like something that was more manageable, which I, I enjoyed. It felt that was a, yeah. a nice change of pace as some very random moments that I'm just like, what was that? Uh, there's a, there's a moment where things are tied up and like his daughter FaceTimes and she's like, I can't find my soccer shoes. And he's like, <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry, honey. And then like, just, they just keep going on. Like that means nothing and has nothing to do with anything, but, um, it's just really, it, it is, it's just a, a, a different, um, I, I don't know, drop of sugar into this otherwise completely, um, bland meal. You know that is the yeah, MCU. Yeah. That what is it, that what what it's become. Even with Guardians, it's become like, okay, here we go. You know, more pop music, and here's a raccoon and a tree. Right. This even feels like a, a, a change of pace from that, which is great. Uh, you know, like having the scenes like in the elementary school, right, it was so funny. Yeah, that was. That was what that Deadpool scene should have been in Deadpool 2, where he's with the the <laughs> baby legs, right? I thought that had all the timing. That was great. What I can't stand about these movies and was my main complaint with Ant-Man 1 was I, I know it's in the comics, but I can't stand the communications with the ants and, like, the giant ants. And, like, can't he just grow big and small like can't that just be the power <laughs> they have to like control the ant population i'm That's just funny. there are some there are some situations where you think ants could get you out right which they don't it's just like one of those <laughs> things like either have it or don't and i think they shouldn't it's just i it, oh, i can't do it yeah can't do it never bother but, but i get that never bother me i think this script definitely could be tightened up it's it's not a great script at all and there's like kind of to your point like him calling his daughter and all these little things that um depend a lot on the characters and the actors portraying the characters pulling off some stuff that's not it's it's not bad i don't think the script is bad at all it's just it's not it certainly is not the uh, like the main emphasis of the movie is not the script, right? Like it's not it's not like you're watching a Sorkin movie or something. It's it it could have been, I think that could have uh, led to some a little bit better experience on that front. But they, I'll say, I think the cast and and Peyton Reed too did a really good job of covering that stuff up to where you don't you maybe question it after the fact. At least for me personally, that stuff. Um, I maybe after the fact, a couple of days later, I was like, oh, you know, this this was not great. That was not good. But in the moment, didn't affect my movie going experience. And that's there's something to be said for that. I think 
awesome. So we get Giant Man in this, which is fun. Riding around on an 18-wheeler like a skateboard scooter thing, which was funny. Um, Lawrence Fishburne's involved here as well. Back from the DCEU to the MCU. <laughs> good good to see them, him there. Make a safe uh, recovery. Um, so the, the stuff with Michael Pena in general just reeks of Edgar Wright-ness to me. Just the whole, you know, where he starts telling a story and they start reciting it in real time, right? Like what he's saying and Paul Rudd's talking in his voice, you know? When he's talking about mm-hmm. how he met Ant Man in jail in this movie, um, so to me that's exactly the tone you would get with Edgar Wright, and I'm with you, Brian. I I would have loved to have seen what this would be, and I wonder what these would be had they never worked with him ever or talked mm-hmm. to him about sure. it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, what's weird to me is I feel like you can see you can almost see um, the Edgar Wright. Um, I don't know, like the the uh, influence. This one even had more baby baby driver with like the the Hot Wheels and stuff. Yeah, the music cues and things like that felt um, very uh, inspired or influenced by by Edgar Wright, and that was but but much much better. Uh, Not better than Edgar Wright. I just mean better than the first go around because he didn't write this movie. I don't know. It was it's a strange it's a strange juxtaposition of. We know that he was obviously very involved in the creation of the first one and then where that goes from there and blah, 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 blah. But this one had a better Edgar Wright feeling, even though, as far as I know, has nothing to do with it beyond just that first script for the first movie and maybe, you know, whatever you're taking from that. But yeah, there was a bunch of spots where I was like, man, that that had uh, kind of Edgar Wright homage to it. And I I, I dug all of those moments. I thought they were very, uh, very well done and fun. Michael Pena was great, but like I don't always love him in everything that he does, uh, and maybe even less so in some ways than that. But he's very good in this role, and I thought both movies have used him very well. This was like a ten out of ten on the use of Michael Pena and and what his character is, and you know who his bit and all that stuff. I loved I love that sequence with the. The uh, truth serum and the talking when all that—I thought that was a great bit and and very. If you do that one more time, you're like, okay, stop it. But that one time was done yeah. incredibly well. I thought uh, a great get in, get out of the joke bit was when uh, the wife was temporarily Paul Rudd, right? And they had that yes. one scene where sure. he was like sure. flirting with Michael Douglas, right? I thought that was hmm. very funny. Yeah, and, and exactly the right amount of time. Yeah. Gosh, great cast, man. I, I know I've said yeah. that twice, but like Bobby Cannavale was great. Judy Greer's great. Randall Park's Both awesome. Both of them always are. Yeah, yeah all those totally. We've got to get Randall Park in more stuff. I love that guy. Fake Jim. Asian Jim. Yeah. Asian Jim. <laughs> Fake Jim is all I could all I could think about popped up on the screen. <laughs> it's great. He's great. Get him in stuff, man. So, did you guys – I, I, one of the things that I didn't like as much as I did like the movie is – when he when he is Michelle Pfeiffer and he's talking to Michael Douglas, he, she's like, "You have a two hour window to come find me in the quantum realm where my signal will line up. You, you can find mm-hmm. me." That was the one thing sure. that bothered me. It's like, yeah. can we get away from that? There's the stars align for this. Two right. Hours it's been thirty years when she's been in the quantum realm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But McGuffey, for sure. yeah, they got to have some kind of countdown, right? So that there's this big moment at the end. Yeah, I agree with that. I, but was the stakes for this one, like you were saying earlier for yeah. her. I thought she was really good. That reveal was cool. Uh, Michael Douglas apparently wanted it to be Catherine Zeta-Jones, which I I thought would have been a really even better reveal. Um, I, I that scene killed me when Michael Douglas says, "Did you have a good day at school?" I I burst out laughing when he when he <laughs> <laughs> his delivery of that line was so perfect. Um, that that he's American Treasure quality. Um, but. I really liked the bit too of like the lab that was the suitcase too. I don't know why that yeah. worked for me, but it did. It's so ridiculous, but it was cool. The Hot Wheel cars it, and the Hot Wheel yeah. cars were great too. Yeah, liked it all. Yeah, totally. They use their technology really well in these movies. Like it's a, I feel like it's a it's a really well defined thing of what can and can't be done. I mean, obviously, like there's super like you said, Eric. There's a lot of MacGuffiny stuff with the the quantum realm and all that kind of stuff, but just the, the shrinking and growing and blah, blah, blah. All that sort of stuff is, is done very well. And the technology of it was, yeah. was awesome. I thought that's what it kind of makes the fight scenes in these movies fun when they're shrinking yeah. and like mm-hmm. the part where he's, she's running through the salt shakers and all that stuff, or even shaker and she ran into it. It's a different way, you know, having an action scene in a movie like this. In terms of let's talk about where this goes from here in terms of the rest of the MCU. Um, so since we're in spoilers, we'll go mid credit scene now. Um, mid credit scene, Scott goes back into the quantum realm to um, help out the ghost. And in, while he's down there, he's in communication with his family, his people, loses communication with them says, oh no, what happened? We flash back out to reality and the snapping has happened and there are dust. And um, so Scott is now stuck in the quantum realm, we think, in uh, anticipation of Avengers 4. So there were hints dropped in the movie about space and time work different in the quantum realm. So how long could he be down there? Could he be down there and he gets out and it's 50 years later and it's a completely new set of Avengers and Thanos has wreaked havoc on the world for the past 50 years, something like that. Is he our link to the rest of the of time, right? Is he the only one that, that could maybe survive this? I don't know. Um, this is uh, – it's always interesting how they, they seem to pose questions that only Marvel knows the answer to. And then when we all find out the answer, we're like, oh, yeah, of course. Right? <laughs> you know? Sure. No, everyone's like, what sure. the heck's going to happen? And then when it, when it happens, we're all like, oh, obviously. You know? And um, I think that's the genius of it. But I don't know where they're going to go from here. But I guess we'll find out in less than a year's time, right? Mm-hmm. Next uh, mm-hmm. next summer. So Yeah, totally. For sure. For sure. I'm, I'm excited to see how that plays out. That was a great, very well done reveal. Too, yeah. I think the, uh, the, the it caught... Uh, Lindsay caught my wife completely off guard. I think she'd kind of forgotten the whole uh, end of Avengers and the dust and all that sort of stuff. And that it super got her. She was, she was like, holy cow. So it was cool. It was a good, well done bit, I think. Isn't Avengers Infinity War about two hours, too? Um, running time? I'd be interested to see if it was like chronologically the same 
when like the snap happens at the same time in both movies. Hmm. I think that would be a really be cool like yeah. Easter egg or something. Yeah. But it pretty they pretty much line up with uh with that um basically meaning that the events of this movie are happening in conjunction with what's going on in Wakanda mm. and all that. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. You guys have any more thoughts on Ant Man before we hit grades here? I'm good. Let's do it. All right. Let's I'm, do it. I'm gonna give Ant Man the Wasp a very average B. Ant Man and the Wasp. What about you guys? Yeah, it's an A for me, man. I've I loved it. I, this is going to be one that I'm super excited to go back and rewatch. I I thought it was uh, and has jumped Ant Man quite a bit in my my Marvel rankings, like of the mm-hmm. franchise and the character. I I really had a blast with this one. I thought it was incredibly well executed and nice. Uh, you know, pretty decent year that Marvel's had with yeah, not bad Homecoming and. Thor Ragonk and then Black Panther and Avengers of Fate War in this. Not, not, none of them are Justice League level. Right. By the way, I was coming back from Montana. I was in the Salt Lake City Airport and there was a whole family. I, forgot. I took a picture of their backs but couldn't get the fronts and times. There's an entire family in Justice League. Mm. Um, but like not like the comic but like modern yeah. movie merch. Mm-hmm. Justice League. Yeah. Well, a husband family wife, that lives together kids. stays together. You know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Eric, what about you? What's your grade? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with a B plus on this one. Um, I, I would gauge it just, I had a lot of fun watching it. I, like I said, I watched the first one before I went into this one, and it was still good. I didn't enjoy this much, but I, I like this one even better, and I, I had a blast. Great. Awesome. I'm going to go, I'm going to go A minus. I really enjoyed it. I had nice. fun. I, I would expect that my grade would go down the more I watch it, just because normally these kind of movies that are just plain fun, you lose the fun after the first watch and then you can really watch them critically. But gosh, if I didn't really have a blast here, so I'm yeah. going to go, I'm going to go a minus uh, for mine. So I'm in the a, nice. a grade with you, buddy. We got a, we got a B, B plus a minus and a, I like it. That's pretty strong. It's fun. Cool. All right, let's move on guys and hit that recommend. Boom. Weekly recommends. Boom. Okay, let's go with our guest first. Yeah, so uh, I, I, a friend recommended a documentary called The Last Man on the Moon that's on Netflix. It's, uh, it's a documentary about Gene Cernan, who was the very, very last astronaut in the Apollo missions to, to land on the moon. And it just kind of chronicles his life and his personal story and how crazy it is, you know, going through being an astronaut and what it does to your family's life. And then you always hear about Neil Armstrong and the first man on the moon, but it's kind of cool to hear the story of the last man that was ever on the moon. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's on my queue. I haven't watched it yet, but that's cool. I'm glad. Good, good recommend there. I'm always interested in um, space exploration, so I'll have, to, I'll have to check that one out. I'm big into that. Cool. Last man on the moon on Netflix. All right. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I'm going to go with another uh, property on Netflix. It's a movie that uh, is kind of a, not my brand, but I think you'd really like it, Kent. Um, but I, I, I also enjoyed it. It was very well done. It's called Cargo. It's uh, Martin Freeman. Is the it's kind of a, it's a zombie movie. He's it's all set in sort of the Australian outback um, against the backdrop of some sort of zombie apocalypse outbreak has has uh, taken over, and uh, it's just. It's Martin Freeman basically trying to get his infant daughter to some kind of safety 
before he succumbs to uh, to the virus or whatever it is that is taking over. And so he ends up he ends up pairing up with a uh, an Aboriginal girl um, who's also sort of looking for her people as well. And uh, man, it's really well done. Um, like I said, I don't I'm not I don't like horror movies. It's it doesn't get too far. It's not too gory or too far into the uh, the horror aspect of things. So um, it's really kind of like a a survival tale as much as anything. And uh, it's very well done. I really liked it, and I think uh, I think the the listener may like it as well. But Kent, it's definitely up your alley for sure. I've heard of that. I have not checked it out though, so I will definitely do that after you recommend. Very cool. Um, Richard, what you recommend, man? Mute. Mute strikes back. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hey, I uh, I'm gonna recommend the uh, new season of Comedians Cars Getting Coffee. I finished it. I downloaded a bunch of them from my flights yesterday and watched some, and and then finished it today uh, this evening. It's it's uh it's quite good. It's different. Uh, there's a lot of sponsor sponsor action on it, which is a little different than the Crackle version. I don't know why Netflix needed to sell sponsorships, but. Uh, but the comedians are great. The Mulaney episode, we all know we're fans of him. And Chappelle's great. The Ellen episode, the aforementioned American Treasure, Ellen DeGeneres episode's fun. Uh, Kate McKinnon, still don't get her. Don't know what's going on there. Uh, but it's a it's a really interesting, fun season, and it's fun to see. This is like kind of the most Seinfeldy uh, thing ever. So if you're a Seinfeld fan, if you're a comedians fan, um, and, or if you're a classic Cars fan, the Cars are really beautiful uh, this season. I, I highly recommend it. Awesome. I'm going to recommend a movie that's out right now. Um, got a chance to see it this past week, I believe. Maybe last week. Um, it stars a future American treasure. Uh, and I think it'll be out, up your alley. Uh, it's called Hearts Beat Loud. Um, it stars Nick Offerman yeah. in the lead. And um, it's about him uh, owning a record store that is going out of business and uh it's basically a cross between high fidelity and that thing you do if i was to pitch it to you that way um i really enjoyed this movie um basically his record store is closing and he starts a band like with his daughter who he's having trouble connecting with really some really touching moments some really triumphant moments some really school of rock type moments, some really that thing you do type moments and all set in a record store. Good stuff. Good cast. Really fun indie movie. Great summer getaway type way, way back refresher type movie. Um, Hearts beat loud. Check it out. Uh, I think it's out for probably a few more weeks um, in the uh, Angelica's and whatnots of the world. Um, But get a chance to see that in a theater if you can. Good sound system, things like that. It's uh, it's worth your time. I think you guys definitely would enjoy it, uh, Brian and Richard. If you uh, if you get a chance, yeah, really, really, man, I literally literally had not heard of it until you posted that uh, that thing on the oh really, Brian? That's yeah, I haven't even heard of it, but it sounds awesome. Right on my eyes. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you guys would would um, would be really high on it. It. Might not be worthy of an episode just because I don't know if that many people have seen it, but I did post mm-hmm. a little thing when, for the VIPs uh, talking about it. A few of them had said they had seen it, and uh, I think you guys would would really enjoy it if you're into uh, rock and roll type movies. You know, almost famous those types of movies. It's uh, it's definitely in that that uh, realm. So awesome! Hearts beat loud. Check it out. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you so much, Eric, for joining us for Ant Man Talk. 
hopefully um, we can take a little bit of break from this. I'm all MCU'd out, honestly. Yeah, I feel like we've we had have a lot, March, a lot so. of MCU in the past six months, three movies. So yeah. um, okay. I'm excited to to hopefully take a breath here. But um, thank you again for joining us, Eric. Brian. Um, appreciate it. It's yeah. Fun. Where can we find you online, Beagle? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter, Beagle12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which will be out very, very shortly. Richard, where can we find you? you can find me on all the aforementioned and at Richard Bard on so- all social media. Kent, where can I find you, my man? At Kent Garrison on all social media and kentgarrison.com. Thank you so much for joining us again for another episode of Mad About Movies. If you want to hear more, we're talking Midnight Run this week on the bonus feed. Madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP for that. Um, Until next week, until next time, uh, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed down and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're calling again.